This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey, that's me. I was walking through the halls of a Minnesota rink when along came a wild fan who started talking smack to me. He said, I bet you never liked the Blues until they won a cup. So I calmly turned to him and said, hey man, listen up. I admit it's pretty great to win Lord Stanley's prize, but listen. I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Heartbreak's all I knew, man. That team from old St. Lou, man. Got a cup in here, 52, man. Give me a let's go blues. I know Arbor, Unger, Picker, Plager, Rab McDonald, Shock, Hall, Chris Moore, Patey, Harvey, Jimmy, Robert, Saberin, Baronson, Thompson, Akers, Hesper, Barrett, O'Pierre, Plant, Jock, Plant, Gossip, Merrick, Ritz, Rabano, Stevenson, Davidson, St. Marseille, McCreary, Leffley, Ecclestone, Huck, Palace, Harry, Talbot, Keenan, Sandy, Yassi, yes sir, I'm a blues fan, yes sir, I'm a blues fan, heartbreak's all I knew, man, that team from old St. Lou, man, got a cup in here, 52, man, give me a let's go blues. Thank you, Luke Widbin, and welcome to another episode of Blue Notes. I'm your host, Tom Franklin, joined as always by the man called Wags. Wags, how's it going, bud? It's still about the same. Uh, it's still tired, still working three days a week, 40 hours in those three days. But, you know, the fact <laughs> that we're starting to possibly get back to some normalcy here in the next couple of weeks just makes pushing through to that point even more easy. I'll yeah. put it that way. It's 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 a sign of optimism. I hope it goes well. I hope we don't get another another wave of this because that means we'll be without hockey for a little while longer. And I, I miss it. I really miss it. Uh, by the way, if I sound a little different, that is because uh, I am on a different setup today. Uh, we are going to be talking to uh, in this episode. We'll be talking to a uh, blues fan from all the way over in Hawaii. We're talking about Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan. Uh, he has his own YouTube channel and his own, uh, l- you know, growing little media empire going. And uh, we'll talk to him about, about just what it's like to be a Blues fan. We talked to Luke Whitbin last week about what it's like to be a Blues fan in Minnesota. But Hawaii, that's got to be hard. Oh, it's got to be incredibly difficult. But it's really nice that we're able to kind of hit different parts of the country and know a that there's blues fans. We know across the country, there are Cardinals fans because of KMOX's reaches, Sure, but you know, the blues don't get as much pub when it comes to that. It's nice to see fans from different parts of the country that are blues fans and, and avid blues fans and being able to kind of share their experiences. Well, and not only that too, but it's just like, you know, I've been a blues fan in, you know, you know, just from in my time in radio working in other markets, like living in Northern Indiana means it's basically Blackhawks territory. Uh, you know, living in like both Dakotas, you're generally looking at the Minnesota wild or the Colorado avalanche. It's kind of a blend up there, but it's just like, it's so it's, it's, it's nice when you're so isolated from the city that you're uh, you're a fan you know, whose team you're a fan of that you can connect to those fans you know especially in the social distancing era so um, you know we're gonna connect with him and uh, maybe get some advice as to what we're gonna do for our final four 
uh, of a bracket of our own. We have made it to the final four. And uh, can't believe. First of all, I can't believe we've gotten here because it, it feels like that we've uh, uh, we, we we've definitely taken this uh, bracket as as they say one step at a time, if you will. But we have we have made it to the final four, and uh, we are going to go ahead uh, right now and analyze the final four for you here. Uh, introduce you to the two matchups that we will have this week. And um, unfortunately, Wags, or, or I don't know, it's uh, maybe it's just a, maybe we're really good at picking seeds of these things. But we have four number one seeds in, in our final four. It is the chalkiest bracket of all time. So either we're really good at what we do or we screwed up somehow. I don't know. I, I'm going to look at it as we are really, really good at what we do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't want to think about the that. other thing. Yeah, Let's yeah, go you, with that. You make your own luck, right? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And, and we, 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 and you, you literally did. I mean, you were the one that, you know, uh, proposed the seatings and set up the uh, brackets and uh, yeah, good, good job. Uh, so, so let's go ahead and get down to our final four here and, uh, run down the results from the, uh, final round of eight matchups. Yeah. Yeah. So we had our, our, out of the goalie bracket, we had Jordan Bennington going up against Grant Fuhr. Uh, Bennington was able to easily win 78 to 22. That was when I thought was going to be slightly closer, but Bennington has the cup. So I think that's where a lot of people went, uh, in the defense bracket. The one we thought was going to be the most highly contested, and it was Chris Pronger and Al McKinnis. Chris Pronger won sixty to forty, so that one was very interesting. I, I, I thought we made a pretty good pitch for Al McKinnis, and it, it looked like the fans listened at least a little bit. But Pronger yeah, ends up moving on. I checked a couple of times, and it was it was fifty fifty a couple of times during it during the voting, and then Pronger kind of just kind of ran off with it at the end. Not too far though. It was it was it was a really close matchup, and I and I think that's just indicative of you know, how very little separates those two in general. You know, I mean, yeah. yes, yes, Al was kind of considered to be in Chris's shadow a little bit, but I think he definitely has – he stands on his own merits for sure. Yeah, he, I mean, he had a Norris Trophy as well when he was here with the Blues and Pronger, so it's not like he was a slouch when no. Pronger was here and then was good when he wasn't. I mean, these two guys were the best defensive duo this team has ever had, I think, yeah. and you can tell that in the voting. Definitely, definitely. And then, and then, our, uh, and then forwards oh, – uh, yeah, and then in our forwards, we had the before hall bracket. We had Bernie Federko and Brian Sutter. 67 to 33 Federko wins that one. And then in the after hall bracket, uh, Brett Hall versus Vladimir Tarasenko, the two faces of the Blues for the most part in the last 20 years. And Brett Hall easily won 90 to 10, something we thought was going to happen. Uh, Tarasenko is a great player and all, but, but Hall is the Hall of Famer. He has all the records right now. Uh, Tarasenko may one day take over but I, I just don't see it hall built an arena unless tarasenko yeah. builds an arena it's going to be hall all day <laughs> well he may i mean tarasenko might build one back in russia i don't know if he'll he'll build, build, build one here in the americas um but uh, getting back to that Federko and stutter matchup for a little while at the start of voting for that one it looked like there was going to be sutter it was that that one was actually closer at, at various points than it ended up being Federko got a lot of votes toward the end but sutter gave Federko a run and, and it, and it kind of just kind of hit home to me about just, I don't know if it was just the era that he played in, but like I really underestimated and underrated Brian Sutter throughout this whole thing. I mean, I knew he was a good forward. I knew, I mean, his numbers were tired. I mean, he was a great coach, but he seems to be, at least in my view, one of the more underappreciated 
uh, Blues forwards in, in in franchise history. And I think there was, I mean, and he def, and this voting throughout this whole thing shows me that Brian Sutter has uh, has definitely has some fans. And you know, it's it's one of those things for such a great player as he was. He's one of those guys that you almost forget about at some points yeah. during your your fandom because I know the Sutters. I know the Sutter family. You know, one of them was the coach over in L.A. for a long time when we were having our battles with them just recently. Sure. So the Sutters are a name, and they're a hockey family, and yet you don't really remember Brian Sutter playing for the Blues. You may remember him coaching, but yeah. even then you may not even remember that. And I think that was the argument we were trying to make last week was – that, you know, Brian Sutter was a guy that went right from the ice to the bench. Yeah. The mind, the hockey mind that he had, it wasn't going to put up a ton of points, but it was something that an organization wanted as part of their team all the way throughout. Federko, great, plenty of points, went to Detroit for the one year now as a part of the, you know, the broadcast team and does a lot of stuff with the Blues. But it was Brian Sutter's hockey mind that really kind of, rose him in our books a little bit and helped us remember what he was all about. It's just a shame that people don't know enough about Brian Sutter. Yeah. And, and I think part of that is simply, I think he suffered from the same thing McGinnis suffered from. And that is that McGinnis was partnered with Chris Pronger and, you know, people viewed, you know, Pronger as the better defenseman at the time, which, which is true. Um, I think that Sutter suffered from some of that as well, because I believe Sutter and Federico were line mates uh, during much of their time in St. Louis. And of course, Federico's the one that, you know, he's labeled the magician, you know, he's, he's the one that gets all the points. I mean, Sutter got his fair share too. And, you know, he also became, you know, locally, you know, appreciated for his, you know, nasty play. Um, but it was just, yeah. I think it was. I think it was just a simple fact that you know, Federico was the one that got the points. He got. He was the flashy one, and um, and he's a Hall of Famer. And Brian Sutter is not a Hall of Famer. It's it's which, which kind of is to me. It's almost kind of like an oversight. I feel. I feel that that might be rectified at some point. Um, but regardless, it is Federico that advances. Uh, he'll take on uh, Brett Hall in the uh, forwards uh, final four. And uh, we'll start. We'll start off actually with the uh, best of the goaltending goaltenders and the best of the defenders. Um, number one seeded Jordan Binnington is going to take on number one seeded Chris Pronger, and this is this is going to be a this is going to be a big challenge for us, Wags, at this point because before when we were analyzing these matchups, you know, we, we could we're at least analyzing the same positions. And when it comes to goalies, you can, can, you can kind of compare goalie to goalie to goalie better. Um, So you don't have that here when you're comparing a Bennington to a pronger. You also don't have another thing here. And that is sample size. You know, Chris pronger has an incredible resume. He won a Hart Trophy. He won the Norris Trophy. Um, he was the best Blues defenseman. I mean, as 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 you listeners voted on, um, and he he's taking on Jordan Bennington, who again, despite his low sample size, I mean, he's he's basically played one and a half seasons with the Blues. Uh, he still was the number one seed. He still got through the region. And I guess my question to you, Wags, is how do you compare? Bennington to Pronger it's tough because you you're not comparing apples to apples you're comparing apples to oranges um they both are kind of reflective of each other in a sense that the goaltenders need the defensemen the defensemen need the goaltenders in order to be successful 
Uh, I think what this argument is going to come down to is who impacts the team more um, and who did impact the team more. Uh, I mean, you look at Jordan Bennington, he's the last line of defense. He's the main reason that the Blues won the Stanley Cup last year. Uh, the team was great as a whole, but they weren't great all year. It didn't really gel until Bennington got there, started stealing the show. On the flip side, though, you look at Chris Pronger and you look at how uh, he was able to make the goalies that he played with better. Yeah. Grant Fuhrer, he was in the final two against Bennington. We all know he was a great player. But look at the other goaltenders the Blues had during that time frame. And look at the team that had the best record in Blues history. And their goaltender was Roman Turek. <laughs> the immortal Roman Turek. The immortal Roman Turek. So, you know, you could actually sit there and make an argument that because you had guys like Pronger and McInnes there playing at a high level, that maybe Turek didn't see as much action as Bennington saw last year. Well, Bennington, great, stopped what he could and what he did. You know, Pronger being out there maybe – alter some things that Roman Turk wouldn't have, that Roman Turk didn't see that Jordan Bennington did. And there's another part of the argument too, because you know, if Turk saw that what Bennington saw, did he stop it or vice versa? So it's so hard to compare. I'm still thinking it's Chris Pronger, despite the fact that Bennington won a Stanley cup and is the last line of defense. I still think what Pronger does to the game as a whole is what rises above what Bennington does on the defensive side. Yeah, and that and that's kind of where I go back to here is just body of work, and this is finally going to be a chance, uh, opportunity where I think it might not work. It might finally be fell Jordan Bennington here. Bennington had a fantastic run, you know, up to the Stanley Cup and his Game Seven performance against the Bruins, unforgettable. I mean, I had this jersey that you're actually seeing me wear right now with the Stanley Cup champions patch made by Lieb, who makes the uh, Liebe, who makes the uh, Blues jerseys, on the back is Bennington. And there's a reason for that. And that is because when I put this jersey on, when I see this jersey, when I see the Stanley Cup champion, the man on the back was why the, 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 the Stanley Cup champion patch was even a thing. You know, he, I, I credit Bennington for the Stanley Cup win as much as any player. And that includes Ryan O'Reilly, who was also instrumental in that run. He's, his playoff run was fantastic as well. Um, this season, uh, this past season, he's been good. Not great, but good. Um, he's, he's definitely, uh, I think, a notch below where he was last season. I think it's kind of come out that he's had some endurance issues. Um, but he's still a great, he's still a very good goaltender. Don't get me wrong. But you have to kind of qualify that with him versus, you know, a guy like Pronger, who was just a great defenseman, period, end of story. He could, he could do what he wanted out there. He, he could do anything he wanted physically. He had offensive ability. He was just as much of a complete package of a defenseman as you, uh, you, you come across. And when you stack that next to Jordan Bennington's, you know, wonder run last year, you know, it, it's hard to separate those two, you know, just because it, you get into the passions of hockey and the passions of being a fan. And it's hard to, it's hard to vote against Bennington here. But here's the one thing that is going to sway me to Chris Pronger, and it is the good old chicken or the egg argument here. Because without Chris Pronger, you don't get Jordan Bennington. Remember, in uh, Chris Pronger, when he was traded to Edmonton, he was traded for Eric Brewer, Mr. Robot. 
Mr. Robot, Eric Brewer, was traded in 2011 to the Tampa Bay Lightning for a third-round draft pick that eventually became Jordan Binnington. So I am going to go with Chris Pronger just on that little technicality because not only was Chris Pronger a great defenseman, he is indirectly the reason Jordan Binnington even became a thing. A technicality. Oh man. Way to, way to skirt the line on that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is my way of making a definitive decision um, through complete and utter BS. I, I'll admit that. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it is, it is so hard to compare a goalie to a defenseman because there's so the metrics are so wildly different. Um, and, and sometimes you do have to come down to a technicality. That's, that's why we're lucky that we have two forwards brackets because at least we can compare similar things. This one was going to be much tougher for us. I think it's still going to be tough for the fans as well. Do you think if this season were completed to its end and Bennington led this team to another Stanley Cup, does that change your mind on if it would be Bennington or Pronger? Because that's back-to-back titles for the first time in history. Possibly. And, and it's, it would depend on some circumstances. Like it would, would Bennington have as big of a role as he did in last year's run, you know, where he was stealing games and he was coming back from bad losses the way he was. I mean, his playoff run last year, it has to go down in history as one of the greatest of all time. Um, could he replicate that this year? I mean, now that we've had this rest, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe Bennington's rested and maybe he'll come out sharp you know, for this 24 man playoffs that they're talking about doing maybe um, that's the, it's, it's an interesting quandary. It's an interesting quandary. And uh, um, yeah, I'm still going with Pronger here, but I will say this Jordan Bennington got closer to a Calder trophy than Pronger ever did. That's true. He was second in the Calder voting last year. Pronger didn't get any votes when he was a rookie in Hartford. So, you know, Take, take that for what you will. Um, and our other matchup to, uh, for in our final four, uh, it is uh, Bernie Federko surviving out of the uh, before hole, uh, hole forward bracket, taking on uh, Brett Hull in the after uh, hole bracket. Uh, this one to me, I mean, it's – I love Bernie Federko. I love what he did for this team, and he really started – He was a guy that I kind of credit with taking the Blues out of the doldrums of the uh, 70s and maybe pushing them in the direction that eventually Brett Hall completed for them, and that is being a viable, financially stable, uh, competitive hockey team. Um, When Federico came along, you know, he – his career started in 1976-77. He was a 20-year-old at, the, at that point, and the Blues were going into an era where Purina nearly went bankrupt. They had they uh, they had almost got moved in the late 70s. They almost got moved in the early 80s to Saskatoon when Purina just abandoned them. Um, and then they had to deal with Harry Ornis's, uh, you know, while he saved the franchise, he, uh, was a bit of a cheapskate. So they had to trade away Mike Leute and, uh, um, guys like that. And, uh, Jorgen Pedersen also. And yet Federko was a guy that he was still, you know, he was registering, you know, 90 points a season. A couple times he crossed the hundred point, uh, barrier. He could score, he could assist, he can do whatever he wanted. He was known as the magician back then. And as you look at his career and eventually he, 
I almost kind of look at Federico and Hall as a bit of a passing of the torch moment because I think they played together on this on the Blues for like one season before Federico was traded. And really, Hall took what the foundation that Federico laid and just sent the Blues into new heights. As, as, you, as you've pointed out before, Brett Hall built St. Louis an arena. Um, he was just that good. Uh, and you, I mean, just think about, imagine a player scoring 86 goals in an NHL hockey season. It's just, it's unimaginable. You, you, you don't even, you, it, you, your brain can't even process that. And yet he did that. And then he bookended those seasons with 72 and 70 goals respectively. Bernie Federko was a great player for his time and his era. He's a Hall of Famer, deservedly so. A uh, wonderful human being, deserves every ounce of praise that goes towards his way. But as I said, Federko built the foundation and then Hall built the castle basically. I, I, I think Hall was just on a different level as a player. What do you think? I 100% agree. And, you know, not knowing the time frame that Bernie Federico put in as far as how the public reacted and how the media reacted to it, Brett Hall was an excitement personified. He is a guy, if you remember back in the mid-90s, baseball had the Chicks Dig the Long Ball promotion. And you even had pitchers going out there and trying, you know, the Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin commercial, them trying to hit home runs to impress women. Yep. For hockey, it was chicks take the slap shot. And yeah. while it wasn't a true slap shot per se for Brett Hall, that's what he was known for. He brought that excitement to the city of St. Louis. He brought that excitement to the NHL. In, in the same vein as Tarasenko did when he came into the league as well, the NHL and the media kind of focused in on St. Louis because of Brett Hall. I don't think they did that with Bernie Federko. As great as he was, as many points as he put up, what he did for this organization, he never brought that media attention, that excitement to St. Louis and the Blues itself that Brett Hall did. The one thing going for Federko, though, is he has stayed true to this team and this organization throughout. You know, he, he played the one year in Detroit, but then he was back with the Blues. He's been with the alumni. He's been with the broadcast team. He's been with the front office. He's done everything that, that you could possibly do with the Blues in the same vein as a, Bob, vein as a Bobby Plager. Brett Hall left and went to Dallas, went to Detroit, went to Phoenix. Didn't really kind of come back into the Blues full here until the last couple of years. He was down – I think he was down with the Dallas organization for a while as well. Yeah, he was, so, their, he was their GM for a while. So, I mean – there, there, there could be a knock a little bit on Brett Hall for that. Now, how much of that was his doing and how much of that was staying away from, from a toxic ownership group or, or Mike Keenan, as we like to say, how much of that had a part of it and his soured relationship with the Blues. But he was back, and then we got drunk Hall last year, and that maybe swung everything <laughs> back in his favor. Yeah, and the, the only thing I'll, I'll – uh... I will say this for Bernie Federko. He did play in an era where it was, it, it, it was, they played in two different eras just overall. Um, and if you actually compare their stats, I mean, they're actually in terms of this total point production, pretty similar. 
I mean, because I mean, no, I mean, Bernie only scored 40 or more goals one time. And that was 83, 84 when he scored 41. Uh, otherwise he was, he was a consistent 30 to, you know, 35 goal score, but he would put, he put up 100 points a season four times in the eighties. Brett Hall put up 100 points or more four times. Now, granted two of those seasons were pretty darn epic. Um, but in terms of like in terms of on ice productivity, they're closer than you think. And if you factor in the eras that they played in, I mean, maybe that helps Bernie Federko a little bit here. I, I I'm I'm still going to give this one to Brett Hall just because of what he did for hockey in St. Louis. I mean, he was my idol growing up. I mean, I was a you know, short, chubby, introverted, shy, blonde kid growing up. And here was this, you know, this, you know, boisterous blonde Brett Hall, you know, saying what was on his mind, not being afraid. Um, and I, I gravitated towards that. I mean, he was, I mean, he was the man for me growing up. He was, he was the guy. Um, I was too young to really see Bernie Federko or really understand him, you know, as more than just that, you know, friendly TV announcer that was on KPLR growing up. Um, and he is a super nice guy. Um, but it, it's, if, if you look at the two, it, it, I think Bernie is going to get his fair share of votes here. Um, and I'm really curious what guy from uh, Hawaii things we'll talk to here in a little bit here. Uh, just because I know guys, a fan from the old arena era, you know, and he, uh, he probably had a chance to watch the Bernie Federico game. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk to guy about what he thinks about these two matchups here for sure. But for this one, I'm going with Brett Hall, but I think it's going to be closer than, than I think people expect. Yeah, I think so too. And, and back to your point about the foundation piece of it. You know, when Brett Hall came to St. Louis, he wasn't the Brett Hall that we know. He was, in the, in especially the Calgary Flames mind, kind of a lazy, chubby player, not somebody that was going to be a potential superstar. The Blues saw some talent in it, and you could credit for Durko and, and really Brian Sutter as well as, as those guys that kind of helped make Brett Hall what he became. So that could be another point for Durko as well, is that he was such a great person for the organization that he ended up helping set up Brett Hall to do what he did as well. So that might be another point that if you're a Federico fan, push that a little bit too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, I can't wait to see how these votes come out. I mean, I'm curious to see if the Bennington fans will come out in mass against uh, the, I would consider the favorite Chris Pronger. And yeah, I want to, I want to see these Bernie Federico fans come out and give Brett Hall a run for sure. Uh, we do all our voting on Twitter. Our Twitter account is at blue notes pod. We'll post these polls on noon Monday and Wednesday this week, and we'll give you two days to vote on them. So on Monday, at noon, I'm going to post uh, Jordan Bennington versus Chris Pronger at noon, and I'll set uh, set them for two days. I'll give you guys two days to make your picks uh, between uh, uh, Bennington and Pronger. When that expires at noon Wednesday, I'll put up Bernie Federko versus Brett Hall, and then you'll have until Friday to vote on those matchups as well. And uh, by the way, for next week, uh, next week will be the finals, uh, whoever advances to the finals. Um, and which will be a defender or goalie or one of the forwards. Um, we actually have, uh, looks like we might be, uh, have a giveaway to give out for you next week from Manscaped. Um, I'm a, I'll, I'll give you, I'm just going to leave it at that. I'll give you details on that next week, but it looks like for the finals, we'll ha if you uh, participate in the finals, I'll, I'll explain how. 
you could win yourself a, a free Manscaped razor. And what is Manscaped? Well, hey, Isha, uh, what, what, what's Manscaped? Could you, could you tell us about that? This episode of the Blue Notes podcast is sponsored by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Got a crazy bush? You know if you trim your hedges, your tree stands taller. Have you ever wished she was smoother down there? She probably has too. If you're anything like me and or just not a neurosurgeon with a steady hand, you probably neglect below the belt. Manscaped has us covered. Millions of balls are about to be nick free thanks to Manscaped advanced skin safe technology. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. Whew. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates growing areas for closer and more precise trimming. That's insane. If you're listening to me speak right now, you're one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the promo code THPN at manscaped.com. Your balls will Thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping again with promo code THPN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code THPN. The best in men's below-the-belt grooming. All right, thanks, Ish. And before we go, uh, we go off to our Blue Notes face-off of the week with Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan. I want to remind you as well that uh, we here at the Hockey Podcast Network have a uh, giveaway, uh, another giveaway contest that you can join. It's basically if you want to get yourself a hockey jersey like the one that I am wearing now, the Blues with the Stanley Cup champions patch on and the Bennington on the back. Uh, we are proud to be partnered with CoolHockey.com, and uh, we are running a uh, special where if you buy a jersey this month, up between now and June 1st, and uh, let us know on Twitter, uh, just you know, reply to uh, one of our messages or just tag us, say, hey, I bought this jersey from Cool Hockey. You'll be entered in a giveaway for a $175 gift card from Cool Hockey, which will basically get you another jersey if you want to. So you could possibly do a buy one, get one free jersey deal. How about that? Uh, just make sure you go to uh, coolhockey.com coolhockey.com slash THPN. You got to use that link. I'll post it with this episode uh, on Monday. Coolhockey.com slash THPN so we can track you. And then buy your jersey, tag us on Twitter, just reply to a post or message us either way. Uh, we'll get you entered into the drawing, which will be, take place on June 6th. So uh, you, if you wanted that jersey and you've just been afraid to pull the trigger, maybe this will give you that uh, give you that chance to do so. They sell new authentic jerseys and they do hand stitching. I just got myself a, a retro Montreal Canadiens Alexi Kovalev jersey that's going to be hand stitched. It's going to be pretty nice. So uh, check that out for sure. All right. I've left him hanging on the line long enough here. Uh, it is morning in Hawaii as, as we're recording this. Uh, we're recording in the afternoon. Uh, but Guy is ready to go. He's got a wonderful smile, and he is going to uh, tell us what it's like to be a Blues fan in Hawaii. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and play that beautiful NHL 94 music.
And our Blue Notes face-off of the week hails from all the way past California, past about halfway through the Pacific Ocean, Wags. This is, I think, our longest connection uh, for our Blue Notes face-off of the week. We are going to Hawaii where we are meeting with the uh, blues fan known as Guy. Guy, the Hawaii blues fan. Guy, uh, how's it going in Hawaii today? Aloha, guys, and uh, thanks for having me on. It's going really good. It's about 80, 85 degrees. Nice trade winds. Not too bad. Not too hot yet. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a little soggy here. Uh, it's, uh, it's been a soggy weekend here in St. Louis. Uh, uh, and it's been kind of muggy. You know, that's, that's St. Louis for you. You know, it's, it's basically you get about this time of year, you get about 80 degrees with a humidity of about 500%. So, uh, oh. you know, just got just to deal with it. Just got to deal with it. it. Yeah. I'm from St. Louis. I was going to ask that. That was the very first thing I was going to ask you here. So you're in Hawaii and you're a blues fan. How does this happen? Okay. Um, born and raised in Maryland Heights. Okay. Uh, and where did I go to high school? Because I know that question. Yes, coming. that was the second one. I went to, I went to Cleveland NJRTC. I was one of the first classes, the, origi- the original NJRTC class. Uh, graduated in 87, joined the Navy right after. Uh, spent 20 years in the Navy. Um, this was my last duty station uh, when it came time to retire. Uh, you know, we looked at a couple different places. I had gotten offered a job here at the time, and we just kind of grew some roots, and, and that's how I got stuck in Hawaii. As far as my blues heritage, uh, my grandfather got me into the blues games. He would listen to them. My grandfather worked at the brewery, so he worked as a shift worker. So he'd listen to the games on the radio or he'd watch them on TV. What I didn't know at the time is my grandfather was a betting man, and he would bet on hockey because next to horse racing, it was the easiest thing to bet on. <laughs> so he'd take me to games and that, and I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with Federko. I fell in love with Suter. Um, the just the the hits, the 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 style of play, the smell of the arena. Oh, I love the smell of the arena. And you know that's that's always a, fun, a a thing I like talking about with fans that grew up. They 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 grew up blues fans, and they they grew up while the old arena was still up, you know, in all of its old and kind of you know charm, if you will. I guess you know it's, it's dated charm. And I'll just I, how much do you? I mean, obviously we have a pretty good arena here with with Enterprise Center nowadays, but. Are you like me, and I, I just like you wish you can go back to see a, at least one game at the old arena? Oh, yeah. Uh, the 94 season, I was stationed in Great Lakes, and I did not get to see a game in the arena, 93-94, the last season. I didn't get to see a game in the arena. So um, I think the last game I saw in the arena would have been, well, I want to say 92. I think I've seen a playoff game. I seen a playoff game in '92. No, actually, it would been a little later than that. Yeah, '92. I seen the first four games of the season uh, after the Gulf War '91, '92, the 25th anniversary season. I seen those four games, and that was probably the last time I seen a game in the arena. Yeah, so and I, may, it, I may have seen one more in the closing years, but I'm not sure. 
Yeah, and I I grew up, you know, by the time they moved out and into the Kiel Center, I think I was nine. So I I'm one of those guys that I have a few memories of the arena, like you know, like specifically, like you know, there was a Blues and Blackhawks game where there was just like nothing but gloves and sticks and helmets on the ice because of a big line brawl. You know, that's that's how I, I'm kind of I was young enough to where I'm, or I guess you know I'm old enough now to where. I have that memory of just, just those violent games in the arena. And that's what got me into it as well. Um, but, you know, like, like, and like, like you, I've moved around a little bit. And so I found it kind of hard to be a blues fan, you know, living in, especially like Blackhawks territory. You know, I lived in South Bend and Northern Indiana for about four years uh, before coming back here. And, I, you know, so, so like I found it tough just because there was a lot of, you know, Blackhawks fans around me to kind of razz me a bit. You, on the other hand, you're in Hawaii, and you know I've no one has ever confused Hawaii for being a hockey hotbed. So, how hard is it being a Blues fan in Hawaii? Um, being a hockey fan, period, is difficult. Um, there are there is not one hockey bar here. There are places where you can get them to put hockey on, but unless it's the finals, you're not you're the only one watching that TV. Um, I have NHL.com TV. Uh, that's how I watch the games. Um, so the only blackouts I have is when they play on the West Coast or play a West Coast team. They play the Ducks or the Kings. I have to watch the Fox Sport or Fox uh, West to get those games. So I got to listen to those announcers. I mean, I like Nita Bear, but, you know, he wasn't that great of a goalie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we let him go in the expansion draft after all. Yeah. Um, but I've actually, no, I lived in Chicago, just outside of Chicago. Uh, Great Lakes, Illinois, for five years. Okay. Uh, I saw the first Blues Blackhawks game in that in the United Center. What Two was that like? Blues bench. The first year Mike Keenan was there. Oh, uh-huh. oh, that's a sore subject. Uh-oh. Uh, you, said, you, you said two two bad words here on, on this podcast. Oh, I can't, we can't stand that man. Oh, I know. Trust me, I, I can't either. But you know what? I'm going to say this. I would kill to have him on my YouTube show. <laughs> I really would. Um, recently, I've had Grant Fuhr. And I also had Bruce Affleck. And both of them said something to me that was really interesting. And they talked about Gretzky and how Gretzky had a signed, I mean, signed extension. That, I mean, it was signed. It was ready to go. The agreement was they wouldn't announce it until after the playoffs. Keenan did something during the playoffs. Gretzky walked into the office, into Bruce Affleck's office, and ripped it up in front of him. Gosh, and I, and I and if I recall, that contract was worth more than what he eventually got in New York. I think that's that that's that's a that's a pretty telling sign that you know you may be an absolute jackass as a coach if you make the great one rip up a contract worth more than where what he eventually got. That's just to me that's just so appalling. Oh, I, I would love to find more out about that. I really would. Well, you know, Gretzky does still live in St. Louis, so you if you pop out there that you're a Hawaii Blues fan, you might be able to get Gretzky uh, to possibly come on the show. That'd be that'd be pretty uh, pretty good right there. I'm working on it. I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> you say you say it's it's uh it's hard to be a hockey fan in Hawaii. Um, 
is there are there rinks out there? Do they have, you know, roller hockey? I know roller hockey was big on the West Coast in California. Uh, the ESPN2 did a roller hockey league. I remember watching that in the summer. When I grew up in Maryland Heights, too, I'm a Pattonville graduate. So Maryland Heights is awesome. Love that. Uh, but, you know, it was big on the West Coast, big in Florida with the roller hockey. Do you guys have ice rinks there? Do you have roller hockey rinks? Or is it just hockey in general just not like something that goes on over there? Um, I grew up a mile from Pattonville High School, actually. Uh, just a mile down the road from where the 7-Eleven and Sierra's Pizza was. Yep, yep. I lived on McKelvey right next to, uh, like, two houses down from the 7-Eleven, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Lived off of Sun Grove. Put that out there. Uh, almost. <laughs> <laughs> you got me talking. Yes, we have one rink. It's about a mile from here. Uh, small ice rink. Uh, stays pretty active. They have, you know, beer league hockey. Uh, I, I tried to go, my work schedule had prevented me from seeing games. I actually want to film a show there while they're playing. I would like to do that as my background. Uh, and then we have a roller arena that has two arenas up uh, further up the island. I've seen uh, one of the guys that's a fan of mine. He's named after Brett Hull. Big Blues fan. Got uh, Brett Keel- Freeland, I think is his last name. Got all this, you know, blue stuff, you know, talks with me here and there. And I've seen him play up there. I was thinking about giving it a go. I just don't know what my knee can handle it. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you on that. And I'm I'm kind of in the same uh, same venture as well. I've always wanted to try it out, but I, I kind of, you know, shudder to think how I'll feel the next day. I mean, I'm 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 a little ways away removed from my active high school days for sure. By the way, my high school is Seckman, by the way. Uh <laughs> country bumpkin from Jeffco here. So um not like you cool kids. Um <laughs> But, you know, so so you're in Hawaii last year, you know, and the Blues are in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. Jordan Bennington is, you know, doing his, you know, unbelievable act of standing on his head and, you know, stopping all these shots. And then, you know, the clock runs down. The Blues run off the bench. They mob Bennington and net. Where were you when all that was happening? Filming myself. Were you really? In, in, in your home? It's posted on YouTube. I have the YouTube video. I popped a bottle of champagne out on my balcony. I I was drinking it. I was yelling. I was screaming. Um, I was pretty sure when Shen scored his goal that it was over. That the and I I, I'm sorry I keep bringing up my show, but I kept I talked to Chris Butler about this very recently. you know, when Shen throws that stick down, the allub- or the jubilation on his face, you just knew it. He knew it. He knew the moment he scored that goal that they were getting the ring. Yeah, for sure. And it just – it was such a long time coming, Wags. Yeah, oh, it certainly was. Not something that I would have ever thought would have happened in my lifetime because I, I remember 96. That's – that's my heartbreaking moment. Uh, and obviously I haven't been alive as, as long as you guys probably, but – Guy, did you ever think the Blues would win a Stanley Cup after all the heartbreak that's gone on, Brett Hall leaving, Wayne Gretzky leaving, nothing happening in the 2000s? Did you ever think it would actually happen? No, I didn't. I, I, I honestly didn't. Uh, last year – so I started my show last season, right? About four games into the 18-19 season is when I started. And I basically started just calling it the pregame rant. And it morphed into – um, I started calling it uh, a view from afar, and that was um, I was gonna maybe try and do some writing for the game time, 
and you know a view from afar i'm afar you know and i called it that but being video that title didn't make sense um so i had asked some people and someone said well why not the hawaii blues fan show so i called it that for a while but then i kept getting questions like where's the blues music <laughs> right yeah. so um so and then i thought you know i want to cut what encompasses my show and that's where i came up with the blue note fan report um I want my show, and, and I'm saying, and I hope you don't mind me talking about it. Um, I want my show to be different. And when I started doing this, I didn't know. I thought there was one podcast out there, to be honest with you. One or two. I thought, uh, and do you don't mind me mentioning others, do you? No, go for it. We're all family. There was Let's Go Blues Radio that I found by total accident after the Vegas, the first Vegas game that I had gone to. I think they were the originals. Right. Yeah. And then um, through them, I found Jamie Rivers' podcast. That's all there was. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, wow, I'll start doing this. I'll get thousands of views right off the bat. Little did I know, we're a dime a dozen. And to, to, to get, you got to be different. And for me, I had two ways of being different. One, I'm in Hawaii. I'm 4,000 miles away. So I got to be fun. I got to be energetic. And then... I got to connect to the fan because I'm not there. I can't connect to you guys. I can't talk to you guys. I, I don't have, I mean, I have the groups, the Facebook groups and that, and that's where I get most of my views, but I don't have that, you know, person to talk to during the game or anything like that. So this was my way of reaching out and connecting to the fans and the friendships that I've made just in the past two years, I have better friends with people I've never met than people I've known 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. The hockey community is great. I mean, it's, it's, it's not very toxic when you compare other sports. I mean, it's, it's, it's a wonderful community to be a part of. It's part of the reason why I like the game, honestly, just because people, you know, that love hockey. I mean, they're so fun to talk to, you know, cause they'll just, you know, it, it's a game that they love as, as much as you do. Um, and, and one of the things that, you know, we like to talk about, you know, with, with some of you know my hockey friends is, is that, of course, who, who's the best blue of all time, you know, and we have been doing a 64 man bracket for ever since this pandemic started to try to whittle down who is the best blue of all time and we did we did it a little differently we did it based we did had one region of goalies one region of defensemen one region up before brett hall forwards which was kind of tough to fill because the blues before brett hall were definitely had their ups and downs and then after brett hall forwards and we've got to our final four and we have in our first matchup will be Jordan Bennington, who came out of the goalie region. He'll take on Chris Pronger from the defense region. And then in the second uh, matchup this week, uh, in the other Final Four matchup, it's going to be Bernie Federko, who came out of the before halls, and Brett Hall, who came out of the after halls. Go figure. Uh, who do you like in those? Okay, well, in the first one, I'm a Bennington fan, but I'm not a Bennington fan. Um, okay. <laughs> too small of a sample size, guys. Yeah, it, it, it's it's hard to and compare. And that's my problem with, you know, Bennington. Last year, he came out of nowhere, you know, five shutouts, great numbers. This year, his numbers are pedestrian, to be honest with you. I mean, he's got the wins, but he's got the wins because he's got a hell of a team around him. Right. And so Pronger, hands down, wins that one. 
Yeah. And, and I think it's, I mean, to me, it's more telling that a guy like Jordan Bennington got out of that region and just it kind of goes to show you some of the difficulties that the Blues have had in between the pipes over the years. I mean, the only one that I felt gave him a real run was Cujo. You know, yeah. we, um, and, and our voters still picked Bennington to win 75. No, actually, that was closer than that. It was the 55 45 matchup, yeah, I believe. That was 55 45. And Cujo actually led for a while. Uh, so that, that just, uh, we had trouble filling out that region as well. Just because, I mean, I think our 16 C was like Rick Wamsley, just because Greg Millen, had, Greg Millen was our Greg 16 Millen, That's right. Wamsley was 15. So, you know, that just, that just goes to show you how, you know, wonderful blues goaltending well, has been. Did you have Ryan Miller on that? No, no, we don't, we don't mention his name on this podcast either. He, he is the, he is the goalie who shall not be named, you know, the same. He, the, I, the I, I call him the sieve. <laughs> I, I, I've never seen a goalie or any player for that matter ever not want to play in St. Louis than Ryan Miller. From the yeah. moment he arrived, he just did not want to be a blue. And that, yeah. uh, that pissed a lot of people off. Yeah. And yeah. It, you know, he couldn't stop a freight train. Yeah. And that was, and, and uh, it, it was so disappointing. Thankfully it didn't hurt us too much. I mean, we gave up Halak and Stewart for him fine um and then that was a team that should have been a cup contender definitely one one of many that's that one of many coulda woulda shouldas uh in the in blues history that's for that's for sure uh other matchup i mean uh bernie federico versus brett hall i mean i think this one's got to be brett hall but you know what, what do you think i so you're talking about two different errors though yeah right Brett Hall played in an era where the ice, believe it or not, was much more wide open in the offensive zone than it is now. I mean, everybody thinks because they took the red line out that that it's more wide open. It's really not. No. The reason that the ice was more wide open then is because you could, the neutral zone, you could check somebody without the puck. You could legitimately get up and, and, and hit them if they were in in the play so guys in the play would get moved and hall had all this room to play in federco didn't and federco put up numbers in a non-offensive time um god you know you, you flip a coin i take either one of them um hall is one of my favorite players of all time i'm dying to get him on my show um they tell me he's hit or miss but i i figure if i keep pushing this uh pushing my show and get more viewers. I'm going to get him sooner or later. Um, and I could, you know, I just for as long as he's been with the blues, I'd have to go with Federico. Okay. For, for his love of the team and the fact that he left, he left non-voluntarily. Yeah. He was <laughs> traded for Adam Oates. Yeah. So, um, yeah. it, it, and I, I think this, I think this will be a closer matchup than a lot of people think. Uh, last thing, Wax. Yeah, the last thing is uh, with the talks that are kind of progressing right now uh, about hockey possibly returning. How do you want to see hockey return? Is it this year? Is it finalized this season? Is it start fresh in the fall? How do you want to see hockey come back this year? That's a wonderful question. I. I w- at a job I was recently working at, I'm not working now, but um, we had a pizza party and you could see just having this normalcy change people's attitudes. People right now need that normalcy. 
And I think the more this season is more important than next season. You don't have to truncate next season. I mean, make it short. You can get everything in in a shorter period if you do it right. Um, these guys want to play hockey. Don't forego the season. I, I think that's the, the biggest thing is, and, you know, they came out today, and I'm trying to get more information about it, the 24 game play, 2014 playoff. I freaking hate it. I hate it. I think it's going to give teams at the bottom of that 24 bracket a huge advantage, a really big advantage. Every other sport, you take a, a, a buy and it doesn't hurt you as much. Baseball, you rust, okay, it takes a few innings. Non-time game, you can get back into it. Hockey is a physical, fast, time sport. You don't have four, five, six hours to knock rust off. You've got three shifts. Yeah. And if you can't get it knocked off, you're getting beat. I don't like it at all. I think um, it's more important to play the season out. And the other thing that I think they need to do, they need to come up with some type of pay system for this last 10, 11 games because they paid these guys already. And I get that. I understand it. But the problem is you get the teams at the bottom end, they got nothing to play for. And Detroit, if you look at Detroit's schedule, let's say they stay with the same schedule plays all four division leaders, and I think they play somebody twice, right? Yeah. That's – they got nothing to play for. Yeah, they really that's, don't. It's given an unfair advantage to the division leaders. Blues are one of them, but that's still – you know, you got to come up with something for that. I would love to – I want hockey back. I want them to finish the regular season. I want them to do a full playoff. I think that they will get much more out of it like that. And also, if they want to start next year, this is how I would do it. I would start December 1st and you have your November, your, your training camp, start your regular season December 1st, and then when you hit January, you make that Winter Classic the biggest extravaganza that you've ever seen. You make sure that there's nothing on the left of it, Nothing on the right of it. You clear out those two days like, a, like an all-star game almost. You make this thing huge. It's in Minnesota. Yep. It's in Minnesota. And the Blues good are going to be there. Good chance for a snow globe game. Um, you make sure that they show they have the alumni game and you get some good alumni in there, right? Uh, yeah. You come up with the – you know what? I'd love to see an alumni skills challenge. Yes. Ooh, that'd be good. Yes. Right? And you know what else they need to do? What? Get my ass to that game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm already concocting a way to get me, uh, get myself up there, you know, since I uh, through the media. Wags, I mean, you're welcome to ride right I'm there. I'm going to hide in your suitcase. A, I was going to say, you know, hide my trunk and then, you know, scalp a ticket, you know, that, you know, we, we, we'll, we'll get you up there. We'll get hey, you Mr. up there. Don't forget the guy in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> only, only if you let me fly back with you to Hawaii. How about that? Hey, we, we can figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> All righty guy. Uh, Zoom says we're running out of time. So uh, go ahead and tell us, uh, plug away, tell us where we can find you uh, and uh, where we can follow and subscribe to you. Okay. So 
Um, my name, I go by Guy. I'm the Hawaii Blues fan. I've got a couple of jerseys with that on the back of it. Um, I have a YouTube channel. Unfortunately, I don't have enough people to have my own name channel, so you have to search for me. Um, you search either Hawaii Blues fan or Blue Note fan report. And Blue Note's one word, I capitalize the end. Uh, you'll find all my videos there. I have 473, 74 subscribers right now. When I hit 500 subscribers, um, Anola Lynn, who is a St. Louis painter, paints great hockey paintings, is going to give away four of her prints. Ooh. Two of the Bennington and two of the Petrangelo holding the cup up. Yeah, I think they're great, you know, gifts to give away. There's something really neat. Um, I also, I post in all the groups. I have my own Facebook page, the Blue Note Fan Report. I'm on Twitter, the Hawaii Blues Fan. I post myself there. Uh, can I top my own Facebook group, if you don't mind? Go for it. Um, I have a group. I call it the uh, Hawaii Blues Fan Clan. Uh, with the, you know, C obviously. Yeah, uh, yes, good. Thank you. In this day and age, I got to clarify that. <laughs> but the Hawaii Blues fan clan, I uh, got some questions on there. It's how I try and, it's where I normally post my show first. And I try and wait about an hour after I post it there before I post it anywhere else to give, you know, those guys a special feeling. Um, I love the show. I love doing the show. Um, like I said, I, I, I'm trying to get more subscribers. You know, uh, I want to get myself up. I would love, and, and I'm just putting this out there, hopefully somebody in St. Louis media, I would love to find a way to do this profession. I, I mean, I think I, I think you guys have seen my show. I think I'm pretty good at it. Um, I'm not trying to be humble. Just it, it, it flows. I flow. And, and just the words that come out and the way things come out. I got to tell two interviews. You've got to listen to Chris Butler. He says some really interesting things about Chief, about the locker room, and about the celebration. And then uh, Garth Butcher. Garth Butcher tells the story about Brett Hall. You've got to hear. I'm not giving it away. Um, okay. So I want to be one of them. You've got to go listen to that Garth Butcher interview. The whole interview is absolutely amazing. You already had me at Garth Butcher, but, you know, a story about Brett Hall – it's got to be a good one knowing knowing those two. Alrighty, guy. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it, guys. Follow him, you know, uh, on YouTube. Every uh, follow him on Facebook. Follow his Facebook group. He's a great guy. I'm gonna thank him for being on uh, Blue Notes once again. Uh, for my co-host Wags, I'm Tom Franklin. Thank you for joining me as always. Thank you, the listener, because without you, there is no me. There is no Hockey Podcast Network, and there is no Blue Notes. I'm Tom Franklin, reminding you to not be a chump and always play to the whistle. Aloha! listening to the hockey podcast network on twitter at hockey pod net new episodes every monday and thursday download at the hockey podcast or wherever you get your podcasts from <laughs>